You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges Nashville is a church plant in the heart of Music City, meeting at the Listening Room Cafe in downtown Nashville, Tennessee. Here's this week's message. All righty. How's everybody doing? All right. Give it up for Jesus one more time in the house. We're excited about what God is doing here at Bridges Nashville. I'm excited about today's message. And y'all have to bear with me because I love reading scripture. Is that okay with anybody? I love reading the word of God. I think it's the word of God that changes your life. And it's the word of not man's opinion, but it's the word of God that has the ability to take root in our hearts and in our spirits and to transform us. So we are excited about that. But we've been in this series called Religion or Relationship. And I say this all the time at the beginning of this. We believe Jesus did not come to die for religion, but he came to die for you and I to have a relationship with him and God. Amen? And I would choose relationship over religion any single day, okay? That relationship is freeing. It allows you to to have a one-on-one conversation with God, a one-on-one conversation with your heavenly Father. And we believe that's why Jesus came and died, so that we could enter into that relationship as a Christian. And we've been talking about, last week I talked about, are we Christians and what does that mean? And I talked about how this, this world is, is uh, like attacking Christianity. Christianity is under attack. And, but we can't let what's going on in the world deter us from our mission that God has given us. And that's to be a Christian. That's to be a Christ follower and to do what God has called us to do. Amen? Yeah. All right. Okay. Y'all, y'all are alive and well. You're with me. Let's dive into this. I'm going to give a quick recap, and then we're going to get into a very familiar story today. But last week we talked about uh, Matthew. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. He didn't say man will build the church. He didn't say all these different uh, religious organizations will build the church. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we talked about how uh, gates are an inanimate object. Amen. They don't move. They don't jump out at you. Okay. Anybody ever ever pulled up to one of those electric gates that swing wide and, and you got too close and you thought it was going to hit your car? Man, you put that baby in reverse real quick, okay? Like, what's wrong with that demon-possessed gate? Okay, but gates don't do that. They're inanimate objects, but Jesus said, the church that I build, those gates will not prevail. So it means the church of Jesus is on the offense. We're moving Pressing up against the gates of hell. Now, why would we be doing that? Well, going into the darkness to be a light, amen? And to help those that are, that are bound by the kingdom of darkness. So that's the church that Jesus is building. Aren't you glad you serve a God? Come on, I don't know about you, that wants to help people. Come on, no matter what they're going through, he wants to help people. When we think about our lives and some of the messes that we were in, I don't know about you, but I'm glad God didn't just count me out. 
but he saw something in me that like, no, that's my son, that's my child, I can help him. Acts chapter 11, we talked about how uh, the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. And, and I, you know, I'm going I'm to I'm preach that until I get it. But I believe with all my heart, guys, we've got to hold on to our Christian faith. We can't, we, can't, we can't lose faith based on what somebody else is doing. We can't lose faith based on what somebody else uh, calls themselves, but they're not living a lifestyle that is reflective of Christ. Don't let that tamper with your faith. You can't control what people do. You can't. Nobody can control what other people do. So don't dare sit there and say, oh, you know what, man? You know, so many people, when they see a Christian maybe fall from grace, they say, well, you know what? If that's what, what you know, being a Christ follower is all about, I, I don't want to have anything to do with God. Well, we've let somebody else determine our relationship with Jesus. We can't, we can't be effective like that. We can't walk out our Christianity like that. We've got to keep our eyes on God. Amen? And when you keep your eyes on God, and we're not judging other people, or we're not worried about what other people are doing, but we keep our, our eyes on God, and we can walk out this Christianity uh, because our eyes are on him, our faith is in him, amen? Sometimes, you know, we, we talk about, uh, you've heard church hurt, and I do believe people experience church hurt, but you gotta back that up. What is that? Did a physical building jump on you and hurt you? No. Were you walking by a church building one day? Did it fall down and bricks fall down and hit you in the head? No. But, People hurt you. Would y'all agree with me on that? People hurt people. And you've heard this, hurt people hurt people. So you got to put that in proper perspective and don't ever let the actions of other people influence you to where you question your Christianity or you say, well, I don't want, if, if God is like that, no. Get in the word of God and you'll find out what God is like. Amen? Quit, quit comparing God to other people. I, that's, I hate using the word hate. I used it twice. Can you? <laughs> but if there's one thing I hate is when people say, well, if God is like that, I don't want to have anything to do. You've compared God to people. It is a cop-out. If God's like that, I don't want to have anything. No, 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 Listen. Don't compare God to people. Get in the word of God and find out what God is like. Amen? Amen. Y'all still with me? Yes. All right, Luke chapter 20, very familiar passage of scripture. Uh, a lot of scripture there. Uh, we'll put some up on the screen so you can read along. But then I'll, as always, I kind of stop and interject as well. But Luke chapter 2, this is a story. I don't know if any of you ever read this story, but... Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's a life story. It could happen to anybody. A uh, little humor in it, but there's great lessons in it as well. So Luke chapter two, this is after Jesus was born and he was just a child, but he's growing 
in his faith. Everybody say growing in his faith. He's growing in his faith. In verse 40, we start, it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. Now his parents, everybody say his parents. His parents went to Jerusalem every year to the Passover feast. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as was their custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus, he's just a boy. How old is he? He's 12. The boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem. Now his parents did not know this. But supposing him to be in the caravan, they traveled on a day's journey and then they sought him, diligently looking up and down for him among their kinsfolk and acquaintances. So let me set the scene here. They went up to the Jerusalem to the Passover. So they're traveling in a caravan. Anybody ever been on like one of those family outings and you got cousins and uncles and aunts with you and everybody's kind of you, you, you making sure they're still following you in the car and all that good stuff so this is what's going on and on the way back home Jesus stayed there in Jerusalem he, he, he kind of he stayed there but Mary and Joseph went on a date not even knowing where he was now I don't know if your parents ever left you anywhere my parents left me in a store one day. I was so young, I don't even remember it. So that's why I said, I think the hand of God was on me when I was a little baby. So we, we're taking a family trip, and it ain't but five of us. Like, how do you not notice there's only four in the car now? Like, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Like they, they, we went to this store, we were on a road trip, stopped at a store to get some snacks. They all get back in the car. Mom, dad, brother, sister, drive off down the road. They're on the highway, people. I'm in the store, walking around. By the time they, they're, they're gone. Like it'd been one thing if they'd have got in the car, hey, let's count heads. Okay, oh, Adonis is missing, let's go back and get him. Okay, I can forgive that. But you get in the car, close the doors, start the engine, and drive off and get back on the highway. And then they panic. They realize I'm not in the car, so they panic. They drove back to the store. And the clerk who's at the store said, Oh, I've been watching him. He's just been walking up and down the aisles. But they left me. So I still have some, you know, abandonment issues over that, but that's, that's for a different message, okay? That's, we talk about that later on. But, but it does happen. I said all that to say this. We're not going to jump on Mary and Joseph. It does happen. It happened to me. So, but it says, they, they sought him out, looking diligently upon him up and down for among their kinfolks and acquaintances. Verse 45 and when they failed to find him, they went back to Jerusalem. Everybody say, went back to Jerusalem. This is important. Looking for him up and down all the way. Verse 46. 
After three days, they found him. Now, let me stop right there. You can take the scriptures off. After three days, y'all look at me. Three days. I mean, that's a long time. That's like you putting out an APB. You, you, got, you got posters up, missing child. You've posted on Facebook, my, my child missing. Three days. Now, I thought about that, and this is where I really want to challenge each and every one of us. After three days, now they went back to Jerusalem, but it took them three days to find him. Three days to find him. And I wonder if, if, if where did they start looking first? He's 12 years old. Did they go to the field where all the kids play? 12 years old. Let me bring it up to speed right now. Did, did, they, did they go to the, to the baseball field? Did they go to the basketball courts? Did they go to the, to the, uh, the community pool <laughs> to find them, where, where the kids hang out? Where, where did, did they go to his best friend's house? Well, I know Jesus likes to hang out with, with his cousins over there. Where did they, they, they looked in all these different places where they thought a 12-year-old would be? You think that's pretty fair? You think, well, I know my son, he, he likes this, he likes that, or those are his friends. So they're looking at all these different places, and after three days, they found him. They came upon him, in verse 46, in the court of the temple. They came, he was at church. Everybody say church. Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. 12 years old. Everybody say 12 years old. 12 years old, three days. Now, can you imagine Jesus, his parents are freaking out. I mean, if you run into your child after three days, you can be like, you, you about to get it. I'm glad I found you. I'm going to hug you, kiss on you, love you, but I'm going to whoop your behind too. I mean, you know. Let's go old school. You about to get it. You grounded. You not ever leaving my sight again. Thank you, Jesus. I found you, but you, you, you're done. You, you're, <laughs> you are grounded. But Jesus isn't even freaked out. Like he's not, he's not crying. He's not, he's not asking anybody, can you find mom and dad? Three days. He, what's he been doing for three days? Where, is, where has he been sleeping? 12 years old, three days, three days. I'm going to go back and read that. After three days, they found him, came upon him in the court of the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Verse 47, and all who heard him were astonished and overwhelmed with bewildered wonder at his intelligence and understanding and his replies, verse 48, and when they, meaning Joseph and Mary, saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, child, now she didn't even call him by his name. She's mad. I mean, no, she's mad. She didn't say Jesus. She said, child, why have you treated us like this? Here your father and I have been anxiously looking for you distressed and tormented. Verse 49, this is where we're going to have a little fun as a congregation today. We're going to do something a little different. Uh, verse 49, 
And he said to them, how is it that you had to look for me? Did you not see and know that it is necessary? Everybody say necessary. necessary. It is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business. I'm going to read that one more time. He said, did you not see and know that it is necessary as a duty for me to be in my father's house and occupied about my father's business? 12 years old. Now we could easily kind of just chalk that up to what he's Jesus. Let me know this is the lifestyle that Jesus at 12 years old is, is showcasing to you and I today. At an early age, he said, did you not know? Why did? So, so he's questioning his parents. They're freaking out. He's like, it took you three days to locate me? You didn't, you didn't know I'd be in my father's house? So it's all, if, if, we're not, if we really want to look into this, it's all... It's, it's almost like a soft rebuke to his parents. Can I be honest? It's almost like a soft little correction. How, how did, why did you guys look for me for three days? So you can almost imagine Jesus saying, where'd y'all look? Where'd you go? Three days. Where you been? I know where I've been, but where you been? Three days. He said, did you not know? Or why didn't you know that I'd be in my father's house and about my father's business? So at 12 years of age, this is Jesus. And a lot of people read that and say, well, that's Jesus. But let me know, Jesus, when he chose and agreed to be born into this world, listen, he, didn't, he wasn't a baby having full knowledge of everything. He had to grow in his Christian walk. He had to educate. He had to get around believers. He had to get around the scripture. Now this was, he was the word in flesh, but he still had to get in a place where he could grow in his relationship. He was only 12 years old. Remember, he wasn't ready for ministry until he hit his what? 30s. So he's in this growing season of his life but at 12 years of age, there's, there's some examples that I want us to really uh, dive into here. He said, I'd be in my father's house and about my father's business. And before I get into the father's business, I want to back back up because when they found him, he was in the temple and he was having conversation about the scriptures. And this is where, uh, I, I'm glad we're here because a part of my 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 vision for, for what God wants for us or what God is even showing me. You know, uh, let me ask you this. And if you're online, you can, you can answer this question. I know Sarah's up there. She uh, uh, can, can, can talk to you online. But have you ever been in a church service? Now this Anybody can answer this, okay? Um, have you ever been in a church service where you had dialogue back and forth in the midst of the service. Like with, if something was going on and, and the preacher stopped and said, now let's talk about that amongst yourselves. Anybody? 
One, one, okay, Lisa says one. Okay, I see some people shaking heads no. So, but now in scripture, Jesus was in the church, Rick, and he's, they said they were astonished at his replies. So that suggests, so somebody was asking some questions and they're openly discussing the word of God. And one of the things I believe God wants for us as a body of believers, see, it's not enough. And now don't get me wrong, I love preaching. But I also believe that each and every one of us has something to contribute to the lives of those around us. Does that make sense? So to where we come together as as a body of believers, I'm looking for moments in service where we will create moments where, you know what, we're gonna, we're gonna walk this out here. And in just a few moments, I mean, can, I, can I prep you guys real quick? <laughs> Some of you are like, okay, what is the pastor for to ask us to do? He knows I'm shy, he knows I'm quiet, I don't like talking to nobody. But you know what, listen, this is where, how many know God will stretch you? God will, he will stretch you and he will empower you because everybody in this room, you've got a story. You've got, you've got something to share with somebody else where God has done something in your life or maybe it's a part of your daily journey or your walk that can inspire somebody else uh, to continue their walk with God. But Jesus was talking back and forth to these teachers in the church. They were having this, and that wasn't just a one-time thing. A lot of times when you read about, about Jesus uh, in, the, in the scripture, in the New Testament, sometimes we can get it wrong and we think, okay, he, he, he was in the middle of a church service. No, he was out anywhere communicating the gospel. He was out anywhere teaching people. And I think we've got to learn from that and take advantage when we come together sometimes as a congregation, as a body of believers, and, 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 and not just come and sit and hear what one person on stage has to say, amen? But I believe there's going to be a day where there's going to be many of you here, uh, even beyond those. I, I just, I see by faith a field room where the body is encouraging one another. Can I get a little amen or something on that? Okay, just something. Help a brother out, you know, so we can come together and and we can worship and then we can sit and and encourage, hey, you know what? This week, uh, this is what God did in my life or I was, I hit this moment, I was discouraged, but, but, but all of a sudden, you know, uh, I, I found this scripture and this empowered me. Let me share it with you. It's that simple. It's that simple. This is what was going on when he was 12 years of age. So I'm saying all that to say this. Everything that's in the Bible is there for a reason. Jesus spent three days interacting with teachers learning from them, David. Some of them learning from him, and they were just admired. Man, this kid is full of wisdom. Well, yes, he was Jesus, but he had to grow into that as well. And I think when we have those moments where we can come and share our faith inside the church, outside of the church, 
and share our faith with other people, that's where the real power happens. And that's where I believe life transformation begins to take place. So that's one of the things I want to take away. And then the second one, let's go back to, he said, did you not know that I would be in my father's house occupied about my father's business? So here's a couple questions I have for all of us today. All of us today. Whose business are you about? Whose business are you about? And this is where we can, we can make a checklist for ourselves because, uh, you know, I think we're all busy people and, and life can get busy sometimes. You've got jobs, you've got, if you're a parent or you've got children or whatever that is, you've got school, some of you got school. I know school's busy. You've got, you got all kinds of different things going on in your world. But every single day, if we are a Christ follower and we are Christian, we should wake up once again, God, what business do you have for me to do today? Because we can get so tunnel vision in our to-do list. Anybody got a to-do list? On your calendar, you got that to-do list. And we can wake up and we think everything that's on our to-do list that we've put there is the only agenda for our lives that day. And we can forget to go to God. God, this is what I've got going on, but show me what is your business in the midst of this. I mean, you could be, you could be in a business meeting or, or a certain meeting or, or whatever in a, in, in a class or whatever, and you're learning, but always be thinking, God, okay, How can I do your business in the midst of my agenda? What do you want me to do? So here's a few places. At work, God, what, what, is, what is your business at my work? How many ever asked God that question? Because we can get so tunnel vision thinking, well, we can get so detail-oriented detail and this is it. But God, okay, I'm at work. God, show me today what is your business in the midst of my business here at work or in your community and neighborhood. God, I know you've called me to do more than just cut my grass in my neighborhood. And, and ooh, I hit a nerve right there. I, I hate cutting grass. I don't know about you. You could ask my wife, every time, every time I finish cutting it, what do I say? This is my last year, cutting the grass. This is it. Every time I finish cutting the grass, I got an attitude. I'm sweating from head to toe. I look at her, I look at my son who's 12, I'm like, boy, okay. All right, I've held off long enough. I don't care what it looks like when you're done, but you're going to get it done. <laughs> I've thrown out the window of him trying to cut it like I cut it. That's been my holdup. God showed me what's been my hangup. It's been me. It's been me, Rick. I've been thinking, he, he can't cut it like I can cut it. He's not going to trim it like, I'm at the point, I'm 50 years old. I don't care anymore how this grass looks. I don't. I'm done with it. But every single time I cut it, I tell my wife, this is my last year. This is it. This, I'm done. 
But in the midst of that, in, in your community, in your neighborhood, are you asking God, God, what is, what is, my, what is your business for me while I'm here in my community, in my neighborhood? I mean, no, God has an assignment for you. It could be more than just taking care of your little space, but it could be paying attention to some neighbors, amen? I remember one time, this is what I did, uh, really kind of seeking God. And, and let this example speak to you today. Is this, is this helping anybody? Yes. Okay, all right. Let this example speak to you, uh, in, uh, talking about God's business in your neighborhood and community. Uh, it was during a very heated moment in our world. Uh, there was a lot of racial tensions going on a couple years ago. Uh, with the elections. How many, how many remember those moments? There's just some craziness going on in our world. And there I was like, okay, as a, not just as a preacher, but just as a Christian, God, what do you want me to do? I walked around in my house for a few days just frustrated, like wanting to do something. But I knew, okay, I can't just throw out an opinion on social media because that's not the place to do it. I mean, no, you're not going to win any arguments on social media. Even when you have good intentions, I mean, no, it backfires on you. People will read it a totally different way than the way you wrote it and came out of your heart. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do that because you'll never bat 100 on, on that. Now, and I remember about that third day, I said, God, show me, give me something to do to help people. I just wanted to, I wanted, anybody ever just wanted to help somebody without them turning on you? <laughs> I said, God, just, I, I want to help people. And I never will forget, there I was, he said, okay. He said, go, this is, this is God speaking to me. He said, go to, your, go to your neighborhood community page on social media, on Facebook. So I went to my neighborhood community page just for my neighborhood only. And he said, invite people to come over and sit with you and talk about what's going on in, your, in, in the world today. I made a simple post. I said, hey, I said, I'll be sitting outside on my porch for the next 30 minutes. If anybody wants to come over and talk about what's going on in our world today. I hit send and five minutes later, People are walking over, coming over. I had, a, I, I had a porch full of people sitting there, and we talked for about two hours, dialogue about what was going on in our world today. I had black people there, white people there, men, women. Uh, some of the guys were like, I mean, it was a, a, a moment where tears were flowing down people's faces. We weren't, I wasn't preaching, we were just talking and figuring out how can we walk this thing out together and still love each other, amen? But that was God's business for me and my community. And I said all that to say this, when there's a stirring in you, that means God is getting you ready to do something, his business, we just gotta really ask him. I mean, God doesn't want you to sit idle. Let me take you back. Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail. 
If we're sitting idle, it means we're not pressing into the gates of hell. I had so many people when they left my house, they, 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 they messaged me back and said, thank you, thank you so much. One guy, you know, when his walk away was, man, Adonis, I was so filled with anger of what's going on in our world. He goes, he goes I, had, I couldn't figure out why you were so at peace. Boom, I mean, that opened up the door. That opened up the door for me to have further dialogue with him Don, on a separate occasion, about my faith with God. This is the thing that keeps me at peace. This is the thing that keeps my heart at peace. I'm here to tell you guys, listen, God can speak to you at any given time in your day, in your schedule, about his business for you. Amen? And doesn't even have to be at your community or your neighborhood. It could be in the grocery store. How many know God will give you an assignment in a grocery store? He will give you an assignment in a grocery store. He, yes, he will do it. Anybody ever been there and God speak to you and you're like, I got I'm trying to get out of here myself. But he will give you an assignment in a grocery store. Let's be mission-minded. Jesus said, I'm about my father's business. And we can keep our minds set every single day we wake up, every single day we have a moment to say, okay, God, I'm, I'm about to jump into the busy, busyness of my day. What is your business in the midst of my business? What is that assignment? What can I do to follow you today or to be a representative for you today. That's the lifestyle that I believe God is calling each and every one of us to. At 12 years of age, Jesus went against the norm. I believe this is a certain, that was a certain era that he was in, but I also believe today, guys, if we're gonna be effective in this world as a Christian, we're gonna have to go against the norm. We're going to have to do the things maybe that are unpopular. We're going to have to do the things that, that maybe nobody else is doing. If we're going to be effective in this world today, it's going to be going against the norm. And the last thing I want to close with, and we're going to do something together. Um, and then after we do this, I'm going to invite the worship team back up. Y'all still tracking with me? Everybody good? This okay? Is, is this helping anybody? It's helping me. I, I, I want us to to live this, this lifestyle. And so the worship team, they're not coming up yet, but in a few moments I'll invite them back up, but I wanna do something special. Uh, I wanna go back to this, and I'm gonna close with this. My first closing, because my wife says, I do it about three times, and then Don calls me out, and then, you know, but that just means people love when I close multiple times, so y'all just keep telling me. So, first closing, he was in church, discussing scripture. He was in church discussing. So there was a discipleship process going on while he was in the temple for three days, parents looking for him, and this open discussion and open dialogue that was, that was happening and going on uh, with Jesus. And he's, he's wowing a bunch of people. Like, they're like, wow, what is... Man, this kid is so full of wisdom and so full of uh, understanding of the scripture. 
And it didn't happen overnight, but this is showing us that Jesus had to take time to get into the Word of God. He had to take time to, to read and study the Word of God. Anybody ever have to study for a test and you're trying to get this knowledge on the inside of you so that you, number one, so that you don't forget it, but that when you are taking the test, you can apply that knowledge that you've studied. And, and this is the lifestyle that God wants for us. Now, if we're not spending time with Jesus or in his word, how I many know we have nothing to apply when we hit a life situation? That, that means you didn't study for the what? Test. When, 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 when a trial hits you and, and, and you didn't spend moments or, you know, that week before something, and, and you ever have something blindsided you and you still had peace about it? That means you studied for the test. Something happened and, and you couldn't even under explain yourself why you had so much peace about it. That's because God kept you because you were, you'd already studied for the test, the test of life. And Jesus was doing that. So what I want us to do today, right before I go to my second closing, and then uh, we'll get the worship team back up in just a few moments here. But I want us to do something, even, even if it's just uh, for a, a few moments here. Uh, I want everybody, if, if, I'll count this as part of my closing, if that's okay with y'all. But if I can just have you stand up uh, with me. Uh, this is where... Um, I just want to challenge all of us, and I'm, I'm going to challenge myself as, as well. But, but everybody say for, for two minutes. Everybody say two minutes. Two minutes. Now, Jesus was, was lost for three days. His parents thought he was lost, but he was where he was supposed to be. He knew that. But he was, he was having this open discussion, open, open dialogue, Okay. So what I want us to do, I'm going to invite the worship team. They can make their way on stage so it doesn't seem so awkward for you guys. <laughs> but, but what I want us to do, I want everybody to think of something that, that, that you, you do for your walk with Christ. Maybe something you do could be on a daily basis, but it's something that... that you could explain to somebody in 30 seconds. Kind of like a, a spiritual tip. Anybody likes tips or words of motivation? Somebody give you a tip on something. Kind of like a spiritual tip. Something that, that you, you do maybe when you're feeling down or discouraged. This is your go-to tip that picks you back up. Everybody think about that one thing. It's just... Doesn't have, to, doesn't have to be rocket scientists. It doesn't have to go into this deep, deep dive of theology. Well, I read scripture for five hours, and then I pick myself back up. I mean, I'm not talking about that. Okay? <laughs> but just, and, it, it, and it, it, I say spiritual tip, it could be a practical tip that you do that just encourages you to keep moving forward, okay? I want you just, just to think about that. And so, I'm, I, I think the band's back up. Okay, they're all back up here. And I'm gonna ask our keyboardist just to kind of play a little bit soft music in the background for me.
Now just, just think about that moment. Just, just think about that moment. Just think about whatever that is, okay? Y'all gonna love me for this. Y'all gonna love me for this. Just think about that moment, whatever that is. You're, 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 finding, you're finding that. 30 second tip. Now I want us just, in just a few seconds when I say, walk it out. Just find somebody here. You could be sitting with them. Uh, those that are in the back back there, you may want to come forward this way. But just find somebody. Introduce yourself. Because listen, this is the body of Christ. This is the body. So find somebody. The next two minutes, introduce yourself. And just say, hey, you know, when I'm feeling this way, this is what I do. Or maybe God showed you something or gave you, gave you an idea of something. Or maybe, maybe God, God spoke something to you. Or maybe you just, you have this feeling on the inside that you're supposed to share something with somebody. That's it. I'm not saying get all weird and stuff like that. Ooh, the Lord told, showed me something about you. I know what that is. No, I'm, I'm not saying any of that. But let's just spend two minutes. We're just going to kind of like a spiritual exercise of just, of just walking out an action of caring and encouraging the body. Is that okay? Is that okay? Just two minutes. Just two minutes, okay? So when I say go, you don't have to sprint towards anybody and like, oh yeah, the Lord been showing me you all service long. And I just know, I just know, no, that's not what I'm talking about. But this could be God. Oh, let me say it this way. If we can't do it in here, then we're not going to do it at the grocery store. This is a safe place right here. If we can't do it inside the, the house, we're not going to do it in our community. We're not going to do it in our workplace. So this is a, a growing season, a moment, and, and a stretching for us all, okay? So Father, we thank you for this moment, Lord God. I thank you for putting a word inside of your people, your body today, that can encourage somebody else in this room. I thank you for giving a voice beyond my voice that's been on stage for the past several minutes here. Lord God, we all have a voice and something we can say to encourage one another. I thank you for this, Lord God, as we walk out your word and encourage each other today for the next two minutes. Here we go, everybody ready? Here we go. I'll give you a countdown. <laughs> Here we go, on your mark, get set. And while, while you guys are walking around, I'm gonna be speaking to the online family and encouraging them. Here we go. On your mark, get set, go. I'm just doing it. If you're watching online, listen, I'm telling you, there's something God can use you to do. Even after you log off from this, 
broadcast what you can do. Maybe call somebody, maybe send a text. Maybe ask God, okay, when we log off, does he want you to walk over to that neighbor that you've been seeing all week long? What does he want you to do? Listen, God has a plan for your life. And this is that, this is that business that, that we talk about. This is that doing God's business. In the midst of our business, even as a busy week approaches, guess what? Take that time to say, God, what's your business in the midst of my business this coming week? And he'll give you that assignment. Even as I look amongst this congregation and people are talking and encouraging and, and sharing with one another, listen, I'm telling you, it's, it's that easy because we don't do it in ourselves. We do it in the strength that God gives us. When God speaks to you to do something, he's already empowered you to do it. But a lot of times we think it depends on us. No, it's just taking that first step, stepping outside of your comfort zone, stepping outside of uh, your daily routine and busyness and is stepping out and say, God, here I am. Show me your business in the midst of my business. And he'll do it. I know what I'm talking about. He'll do that. He'll do that. He'll use you to bring a word of encouragement to somebody that could be struggling, somebody that could be thinking about throwing in the towel right now, somebody that could be thinking about giving up. He'll use you. He'll use you. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To find out more about us and who we are, check out our website at bridgesnashville.com or find us on social media at Bridges Nashville.